Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I want to talk about Dublin City Council Chief Executive Owen Keegan. He has certainly got himself all over social media because he suggested that well-intended homeless volunteers are sustaining people sleeping in tents on the streets of the capital. He said... There are other aspects like the proliferation of tents and I'll get into trouble for saying this. That's what he said, not me, by the way. But we don't think people should be allowed to sleep in tents when there is an abundance of supervised accommodation in hostels. Uh, we have had up to up to 100 to 150 beds available every night for homeless people and we would have thought that it is not unreasonable that in the, those situations, if you are homeless, you'd go into a professionally managed hostel. He also said there is massive pressure to allow people to camp on the street and that adds to the uh, perception of uh, the uh, people in the city. Keegan said that the council's policy of removing tents is not very popular, but we do it because we don't believe it's appropriate. Um, because he also went on to say, he had a lot to say, by the way, but there's a whole industry out there about sustaining what we believe is a very unsafe and inferior form of accommodation for homeless people. Uh, there's a whole lot of well-intended groups providing services and delivering services on the streets. It's our view that people are better off accessing these services in a controlled environment where there is a full range of professional services. Now, he's being attacked on social media for what he said. What he's essentially saying is, it doesn't look good to have tents on the streets. You wouldn't see it in most major cities in the world. Actually, it would be banned and they would be removed from most major cities in the world. And also what he's saying is that the well-intended people who go out and feed them in the middle of the street at night or during the day or whatever it is are basically enabling them to stay there rather than them reaching out for services, professional services, which are available. Now, let's remember, of course, there are more NGOs for homelessness in this country per head of population than probably any other country in the world. We have hundreds of different organisations out there which are funded by the state to deal with the problem because the state don't seem to be able to deal with it. But there are plenty of beds for people to be in at night. Now, you could argue that a hostel is not the nicest place in the world. I'm not going to disagree with you completely, but needs must, as they say. So his argument is, by allowing people to stay in tents in the city, by feeding them and providing for them, you're essentially enabling them to continue doing that and they won't reach out for services. What is actually wrong with what he said? You might not like it. It's not politically correct. But surely he's right. I want to know what you think. The number is 87 What do you think of Owen Keegan's comments? The fact is there are people who choose to sleep uh, rough rather than use any service. That's a fact. We've heard that from so many outreach groups uh, that help, help the homeless. If it was illegal to sleep rough, they would be forced to use the services. That's the point he's making. Maybe you think that is wrong and that many people have their own reasons for not using the services. I want to get your thoughts on this. I also want to get your thoughts on him saying uh, there's a whole industry enabling homeless people by feeding them. Is that an unfair comment? Let me know what you think. Do you agree with Owen Keegan, or do you condemn his comments? The number is 087-188-0008. He also said that the... Although it was a perception that the city had become more dangerous, he believed that the Garda evidence suggested hadn't. I don't necessarily agree with him. And I think maybe he doesn't agree with himself on that matter because I think he does He does believe there's perception is reality sometimes. And there is a perception that people don't want to go to the city. They'd rather stay in Dundrum Shopping Centre or whatever shopping centre it happens to be because they don't want to go into Dublin City because it has just become so dangerous. They, that's just the perception that's out there. And we have to accept that. And he believes part of that perception is the fact that we have people who are using drug services, people who are intense, uh, people who 
obviously, you know, have issues and problems and they may want to steal for those issues. And this is part of the issue, he says. It's not the whole issue. He's not suggesting these are the people responsible for all the crime in the city. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying it's part of the issue and that we need to deal with it. People living in tents is not acceptable as far as he's concerned in the city centre and Dublin City Council, he believes, should be removing these tents. And also, he talks about, which I think is very important, charities, well-intended, going out and feeding people all day long. He said this is not a good, he's suggesting this is not a good thing. All you're doing is enabling them. So they're going to just stay there and they're not going to reach out and get professional services. Now, you could argue that he's being heartless in the way he says this. And he's very, I mean, look, Owen Keegan, who is uh, the uh, chief executive of Dublin City Council, has been on the air before. And really and truly, he doesn't care what he says. He just says what he believes. But is he right? The number is 087-188-0008. Catherine, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing? Hi, Niall. Yes, I actually did hear him yesterday evening on News Talk. I know, I switched channels. How dare <laughs> um, you, Catherine? <laughs> I know, I know. Like yourself, <laughs> as you said one time, when you listen to more chat shows, you're really getting old. <laughs> I, I know. I find as you, everybody finds that as you get older, you stop listening to music and listen exactly. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You and I are not that old. We won't go there. <laughs> I love music as well. But no, I did listen to him. Well, I have to say, the, the lady I was just speaking to, your researcher there, she was put it in a nutshell. He didn't sound very compassionate. It, but then Owen Keegan never does. You know, he always sounds as if he's just I got a job to do. To yes, yeah, exactly. Well, in his job, I suppose he can't really be. You know what I mean? Too, shall we say, on one side or the other. He just says it the way it is. Now, I have seen the tents he's talking about, and I have seen the people there. I know it's definitely not a good look, but really, in all honesty, it's a catch twenty two situation. What do you do? It's, you're the only alternative, obviously, is accommodation, single rooms, preferably where everyone won't be worried about their belongings and their personal things. But is that going to happen really very soon? Are they going to get single rooms for everybody who would need them? I don't know the way the situation is. But well, well he, was, he made the claim, of course, there's 100 to 150 beds. You know, he's talking about, yeah. obviously, the Peter Bank Ferry Trust and places yeah. like that. So we have these beds in hostels, which are there. So he's saying yeah. there's actually no reason for somebody to sleep on the street. Exactly. Now, yeah, I did hear him. The argument is, of course, for many of those people who have issues, be it drugs or alcohol, mm. is that they can't bring their drugs or alcohol into the hostels. Exactly. So that's why they stay out on the streets. Exactly. So from their point of view, like, it doesn't work. No, it defeats the whole purpose. They're not going to go in because they're not going to get... What they feel is a safe, envir- safe environment, but not for themselves, for everybody else going in there who's going in for the right reason, just wants to get off the street, get a night rest and maybe get something to eat the next day and a bit of comfort, and that works for them. But if you're going to lob everybody into the one place and people are not mm. on the same wavelength, that's going to cause more hassle. But the people who are genuinely going in are more afraid. The people who won't go in because of the, the uh, shall we say, the setup in there, it's really, really, really a very hard one to call. I don't know. Really and what, what about his comments about, I mean, a lot of people are saying his, his comments are quite heartless. Mm. Now, he has been the chief executive for 20 mm. years, I believe. Um, and he's come up with comments like this. Actually, it's like the Groundhog Day. He nearly mm. says it every year. But he, he talks about the charities as well. He says oh, they're yeah. well intended. But charities feeding people on a regular basis who are out in the streets, he believes, I suppose, are enabling the problem. I do get the point he's making. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, if you're going yeah. to, if, if like, it's like that old argument that you don't give somebody homeless money because if you give them money, it only gives them a reason to stay out yeah. there because they can make money out of it. So, in other words, you are enabling people where they could, there is professional services they could go to, and you know, and life could be better for them. But they're yeah. not they're not going to do that if somebody keeps giving them food all the time. Exactly, exactly. And I've seen people actually. You know, I saw a while ago there. I saw two lads, and like they just had a like a. The person, wherever they were, the people had left the food, and until we say it must have been the night before, because this was in the morning time, and there they were looking at another, all just throwing it in the bins and everything, just getting rid of it. it was still yeah. the, I could see a sandwich in a pack. They just put it into, well, they did put it into a bin, give them their due. Yeah. But I mean, they just threw it in the bin. I mean, I'm not saying that's the right, <laughs> that's no, the right no, thing to do. No, and I'm, look, it must be terrible for anybody to be yeah. in this situation of being homeless. I mean, yeah. we don't know what people's lives are like at the moment. Exactly. Everybody has different life. But I do get your point. I do get his point there, as you say as well. As I say again on the Catch-22 situation, I mean, you are, they are trying to genuinely, those people are genuinely trying to help. But if people on the other end are not going to take it that way, are not going to go along with the flow, as they say, it's not going to work because it's going to just make it worse. Yeah. I mean, as you say, giving yeah, money is not the thing either because you don't know what they're going to do with the money. I mean, look at the money we spend in this yeah. country oh, yeah. <clears throat> on NGOs uh, yeah. and groups that are, you know, funded by the state yeah. to look after the homeless, all because the government have failed miserably to do it. Exactly. I mean, it is an incredible amount of money and a, an incredible amount of charity organisations, yeah. which, by the way, all have CEOs who get a nice yeah. salary. Uh, so it is an industry. It has become an industry, and, and that's the claim he's making, that this has just become an industry now. It is. Yeah, I can see his point there as well. Like you say there, as I say, it's a very hard one to call. I'd like to have the right answer. I'd like to come out with some great uh, line here to say it's going to be all solved. But at the moment, I think it's really, at a, shall we say, a crash landing because there's no one getting anywhere at all. You know? Was he wrong? Was he wrong to make the comments he made? Uh, I, I know some of them probably did sound a bit very clinical and all, but in all honesty, you know, I couldn't... I know he sounded very definitely heartless, you know, maybe shortening it out, as you say. He's there years, and he yeah. he sees it very clinically, and that's his job. But I mean, in all honesty, I couldn't, as you say, I couldn't really disagree with some of it. I really couldn't. Okay. What he was saying, really, about the charities and about the situations of people not going into them because of the they won't go in because of the drug taking. There, there could be six in a room. Apparently, can be horrendous. You know what I mean? The light like having their you know, obviously doing their stuff in the room and you're there, very nice person. Yeah, you don't want yeah. all that in front of you. I thought his first line was the most truthful, by the way, when, when he said it in the interview. He says, I get into trouble for saying this. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most truthful the part. Most, <laughs> he, he, knew, he knew he would, yes. Oh, absolutely. He's there, as you say, he's there a long time. I think as he sounds as if obviously was his job, who would want the job. He sounds as if obviously he has seen it all and he's tried it all. But I mean, you know, you see if you were if you were in charge, sorry for interrupting, Catherine, because I'm stuck for time. But if you were in charge uh, of Dublin City Council, would you order your men to go and take down all the tents? Well, that's another question. I'd feel awful doing it. I really would feel awful doing it. And I suppose in some cases, I might encourage them really to get their act a little more together and maybe get themselves, shall we say, if the accommodation. But as you for, for food wise. Go to Father Crowley there on the keys. He just he just he just queue up and get the food. Yep. it's not a big deal there. I mean, God, he's he's never closed. Twenty four seven, he's open there, and there are queues there. Quite a lot. I've seen them. You know, it, it's it's get taking down the tent. I know it sounds awful, but they don't look great now. You see them on the side of rivers and all. I don't know how they stay there at all. Yeah, I was talking to somebody this morning, and they said if they went on holidays to Madrid or somewhere like that or a city. 
and they saw something like that, they wouldn't go back again. And I know maybe people are saying that's just the aesthetics now. We have to think of people as human beings, and I and I get that too. I do get that as well. The number is oh eight seven one double eight travel zero eight. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, let us know what you think. Do you agree with Owen Keegan's comments, or was he being heartless? He's being accused online of being completely heartless and not taking into consideration that we're talking about human beings living in tents here. You know, not dogs. Now, I'm looking on social media and I see abuse is what I see Owen Keegan get. You know, that he's not thinking of people as human beings. How dare he suggest that Dublin City Council take down the tents. And yet I'm looking at my texts and my WhatsApps and people come on the air suggesting, well, OK, maybe he shouldn't have said it the way he, was. he said it. But he's right. Uh, Frank, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Frank? How are you, Noel? Uh, Frank, I mean, Owen Keegan's comments, heartless as they may have been, I mean, do you think he's right? Yeah, you see, that's that's what's wrong with this place, Noel. As you said, people, you know, whinging and moaning. Oh, Keegan is not here. He's probably not there to win fucking roses off people. You have to say things the way they are. Well, he's not in a popularity competition, no. No, no, he's a job to do. As far as I'm concerned when it comes to Dublin City Council, oh, I don't know the man personally, but they're not doing their job right anyway. The city, Noel, is a cesspit. It's an absolute kip. It's not all a kip. It's a beautiful, no, it's a beautiful no, city, but no, 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 no. I know you have Venice to be fair, a Frank. City, but there's an awful smell of crap in the place. So what's what's what? What do you mean by that? It's a beautiful city, look. I mean, don't get me wrong. We there is problems. Security is a problem. Crime has increased. O'Connell Street's a kip. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are parts of it. Yes, I would agree with you. But it's you can't turn around and just make a blanket statement Niall, that Dublin's Niall, a kip. Noel, a rose is a beautiful thing. But go and grab it and prick your finger. So what I'm saying to you is it looks as deceiving. There's absolute noise. When it comes to tents in the city, regardless of who they are, you can't have tents all over the place. And the people that's going out feeding these people, although they're doing it like in the best intentions, all they're doing is giving that person just a false sense of how would you like that they can't... A reason to stay there. A reason to stay there. Okay? Now, Noel, this might upset people. I really don't care now. Honest to God, I couldn't care. I actually like when people don't like me now, to be fair. <laughs> but I mean, I'm driving through town. What day was it? Last Friday. And on a step, Noel, there was about seven or eight, and I know by looking at them, they were Eastern Europeans. Okay? So before all the, oh, he's a racist and all, come on, I couldn't care less what they say. I say it as it is. And they're all pissed out of their mind, Noel. Pissed out of their mind. And I said to myself, we have, and I hope they're ready now for this, I said to myself, we have enough in our own with drink problems. Ah, Frank, Frank, Frank. (coughs) Let me, can I, can I? uh, I I could show you a group of Irish people pissed out of their heads as well. I I know, I know, I know what you're saying, but but hang on, hang on for a second, Frank. And I'm not cutting you short because I think you're a racist or anything like that. Okay, it's irrelevant where they're from. We live in a different Ireland now. This is not the Ireland of 25 years ago. We have diversity. People from, we're part of Europe. uh, People from Europe. uh, And and by the way, can I just say, I find Eastern Europeans to be very hard workers, by the way. But anyway, that's beside the point. People from different diverse nations around the world live in Ireland now. That's just the yeah. Ireland we live in. Frank, that doesn't mean we have to have cri- an increase in crime. That doesn't, because we no, put more guards on the streets. Why does an increase in crime, will I? Tell me. So why. let's just move away from Owen Keegan and Dublin City Council, right? I'll tell you why this crime. Two weeks ago, I listened to your, uh, I call them colleagues, on RTE, on a fairly famous afternoon show, yeah? Yeah. That we know. Your phone in. And himself, 
who I was very surprised at because normally religion plays a big team on their show. If it's not fucking 1916, it's religion, okay? Played yep. a massive team on the show. And himself and the rest of the callers was lambasting a priest, a priest now, for allowing a certain funeral of people take place in a part of Dublin. I know. Yeah. Well, we know what the funeral you're and talking about, yeah. effing and being out of them. And they were lambasting the priest. That priest, when he phoned the guards, was told, well, if we go down there, and this is the part that got me in oil, yeah? If we go down there, we'll only inflame a situation. So that tells me that the guards are afraid of situations and are picking. The only law in oil in this kip that is enforced is traffic offences. Traffic offences. You can do anything. And people want to realise there's a serious breakdown of law and order in this city. And there's Drew Harris. Drew Harris. A man that's getting paid I don't know how much. Wears a fancy white shirt all the time and does nothing. What is his role? So do, so you believe Ungarda Shia as far as you're concerned, are incapable of keeping law and order? Uh, order. Well, maybe a lot to do with that is, and I'm not going to blame the men and women on the streets. Uh, you know, obviously that's this is to do with the way delegation is operated and the way that Drew Harris, of course, is the man. That's where the book stops, right, with him. But in saying that, we don't have enough guards. No, so, I mean, we don't see guards no, on no, the streets. Listen, listen, in London, for argument's sake, in London, the, the Metropolitan Police was given the go-ahead. In London, they're plagued with bikes driving around, robbing people, causing mayhem, drug dealing on motorbikes, everything. Well, yeah? make it very quick. You have 20 seconds. Come on. They are allowed randies off the street. I have witnessed where I live last week, three bikes going up and down, wheeling in front of a police car, taunting them. So why are they allowed on the street with no tax and insurance and me and you have to abide by rules? Okay, well, look, I'm not going to disagree with you, Frank. I do believe that Ungarda Shekana, as it stands at the moment, is not, I don't believe, fit for purpose. I believe we need more of them. I'm not suggesting the men and women are incapable uh, on the street, obviously the, the frontline workers, but we need a lot more of them. And I, and I think Malik Flynn made that point very clear yesterday. We need guards on the beat to discourage crime. And that's part of the reason why Dublin City is the way it is. I remember travelling to San Francisco some years back uh, on a vacation. I remember walking the streets. I seen the same situation that Dublin is in at the moment um, any amount of homeless people hanging around but one thing that did stick in my mind is the smell of urine walking down the streets where the homeless people were hanging out now it's uh, well Oh, okay. So that could short slightly, but yes, I get the gist of what you're saying. That man is 100% right in what he's saying. The guards are not doing their job. There's hundreds, thousands of them after being recruited over the past two years. They were even taken out of Templemore a year early, for God's sake. What are they doing? The money that's after being spent on, on cars and equipment and all kinds of things. What are they doing? They are not keeping law and order and keeping the people of this country safe. They're doing nothing. He's right, only holding up um, people on the roads and enforcing traffic laws. That's all they're good for. Nobody is protecting the people of this country. All right, well, that's somebody's opinion in relation to Garda Shekana. Yes, they have. Uh, you're right. They did take them out of Tampa more early because obviously they needed them. And they have hired many more. But you also have to remember and understand that as they hire more, many are retiring. The guards are only a guard for 30 years. So what happens is, you know, as you're hiring, people are retiring because that's what happens. And we were trying to replace them and kind of keep the numbers up. And unfortunately, the numbers were cut many years ago. Thankfully, the numbers back up a little bit. But in saying that, is it good enough for the population of the country? A growing population? 
Uh, the answer is probably no. It isn't enough. And of course, you can't drag people in from colleges and demand they be Garda Síochána. That's another problem. They need people to want to be Garda Síochána. And um, I would like to think there are still many people out there who will come out of you know college or come out of uh, school who want to go and be a member of Garda Síochána. It is a good job. It has loads of potential for promotion in different areas and fraud and all sorts of drugs in different areas. It's not just walking around the beat. But the biggest problem we have and the problem we have right now is there isn't enough guards on the beat. We don't see them. And when I saw that video going back a couple of weeks ago of the fight in O'Connell Street, and it went on for like 20 minutes, and numerous people had called the guards, and eventually two guards arrived about 30 minutes or so later after the fight had started. The fight had ended and all of the stage. And somebody walked up, you know, the usual kind of YouTube thing with the camera in their face and asked them where they'd been and what took them so long. They were dealing with another incident. So are you telling me there's only two guards in the whole city? Because they were dealing with another incident and they had to wait to go over to this one. Store Street Garda Station is just up the road. I'm not having a go with the men and women. I'm having a go with the lack of available guards to deal with situations. And, you know, Frank was right before the break. That situation with that funeral, which was chaotic. I mean, that funeral in Tala, it was absolutely chaotic. We had young men and women uh, breaking the law, blatantly breaking the law, wheeling around on motorbikes, that is illegal. And for the guards to turn around and say, oh, we can't really stop it because it might inflame the situation. That's unacceptable. That's the law. We all have to live by the law. You don't not get to live by the law just because you're a scumbag. If you're a scumbag, does that mean you don't have to abide by the law? Because that's unfortunately what happens in this country. Uh, the number is 087-188-008. Now, I want to get back to the comments of Owen Keegan, of course. Owen Keegan said that uh, Dublin City Council should be removing the tents. Because now he's not suggesting for a minute, by the way, that homeless people are responsible for all the crime in the city. But he does believe it takes the look off the city. He does believe, he said, that it adds the perception of an edginess about the city. In other words, the city doesn't look clean. It doesn't look well. And indeed, many people who are homeless, who might be on drugs, who might be an alcohol dependent, will commit crime to feed their habit. The number is 87 Is he right about removing the tents and also the well-intended charities who are enabling them by feeding them? Is he right or is he wrong and being heartless and not thinking these are human beings? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Let me go to Ushin. Ushin, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing? Hey, Noel, how's you? Good. Uh, was he right or wrong to make those comments? Right and wrong. Okay. Um, has he... He's housing minister, yeah? Or is he? Sorry, say it again. Is he housing minister? No, he's not. He's Dublin City's chief executive. Oh, Dublin oh, City Council's right. chief executive. Sorry, I apologize. He's in charge. Right. He's in charge. That's all you need to know, was he? Right, that's good enough for He's not doing a great job, right? So, uh, does he go out and feed these people? Does he go out and talk to them? No, he doesn't. Um, right. Could he live in a tent for a week? Probably not. With no help? He probably wouldn't want to. Exactly. Um, I had years ago, and I mean oh, 15, 20 years ago, with the unfortunate misfortune to spend one or two nights in, in, a, in a hostel. Okay. Never again. And how did you end up in that? I don't want to look at your personal life and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. But oh, how did, no, it, how did well, you end up it, in that situation? It was, it was down to drink, unfortunately. Okay. All right, okay. And uh, there was my... It was, look, I'm sober, like nine, ten years now at this stage. Yeah. Um, but it's not so much the people. It isn't, it isn't. I'm not, not lambasting everybody. Uh, they're not nice. Some of them aren't nice. Some of them are very, very uncomfortable. You would literally... Sleep with one eye, well, one eye open. Oh, genuinely, yeah, you would. And sometimes you get up, they, they may offer you breakfast, and I found the two or three occasions I just got out. Yeah. I didn't want to stay. I just got out. And look, to be honest with you, sleeping in tents may be an eyesore, yeah, but something else has to be done because 
Yeah, the argument is lots of drink, lots of drugs, people go down that rabbit hole and sometimes they just can't find a way out and it spirals out of control. His argument is that if you allow people to sleep in tents in the city and then you continue to, you know, well-intentioned as it is, to feed them, you know, with the soup kitchens and all the food runs that are done by different charities, all you're doing is enabling people to continue that lifestyle. Whereas if you don't do that, it forces people to go into professionally managed hostels or forces people to reach out for help. I, I think that the best option there, really, genuinely, is to... Like, there's a lot of those NGOs that go around, and they're, they're great. They there's really too many are. NGOs now at this stage. There are, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. there are. Um, but, I mean, some people will take support, some people won't. Mm-hmm. They just won't take it. And maybe it's just a way of life they've gotten used to. But should we, uh, should we accept that? I mean, if you go to most cities in the... You know, in your most tourist cities, I'm talking about, in the world, you're not going to see people living in tents in the city. You're not, no. You're no, not. It wouldn't be allowed. No, you wouldn't. And no. I know that's very, I'm looking at the aesthetics and not the human value of all this, but in saying that, that's important too. It wouldn't. And I'm not, when I say they would be run off, I don't mean the unfortunate people or people who find themselves in that situation, but that situation, they'd be run off. They'd be told, no, 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 no absolutely not. Off yeah, you go. The tents would be taken down. They'd be gone. That's it, end of story, you mm. know. Um, I just, I, me personally, just with my, look, it's not a long experience, just like the couple of days. You know what I do, The way I see it is something more drastic has to be done. It really does. Like I mean, what? What's, so what's the solution? If people are not going to reach out for help or go into hostels or go into professionally managed services and they're going to live in tents, you know, and the state doesn't want tents there. Well, Long Keegan doesn't want tents there. So no, what's no. the answer? You see, this is it. I, 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 I'm not stupid by any means. I'm just trying to rack my brain. Some people will take the help. Some people will go to the hostel. Some people will take accommodation. It's, if it's available, it gives them a chance to clean, wash, have somewhere safe and secure and they can get their lives back together. Mm. Um, that, that would usually be, in my opinion, the, probably the, the best option. But again, with the housing crisis at the moment, you're probably not going to find that. Okay, Sinn Féin have asked him to retract the comments uh, that he made. Now, you know, I, I find this whole idea of censoring people and silencing people quite disturbing. I don't necessarily have to agree with everything Owen Keegan said, yeah, but yeah. the idea that we should silence somebody for having a view. Now, he is, obviously, he has a responsibility as Chief Executive of Dublin City Council. But do you think he should retract his comments? I think he can tone it down a little bit. But, I mean, to be honest with you, if you need to shoot from the hip and this is what you see and it bothers you, and rather than kind of shooting from the hip, try and find a solution. What about the idea that he talks about there's a whole industry out there about sustaining what we believe is a very unsafe and inferior form of accommodation for homeless people? There's a whole lot of well-intended groups providing services and delivering services on the street, i.e. food. Uh, Our view is that people are better off accessing the services in a controlled environment. In other words, we need to stop feeding them. That's kind of what he's saying. It is, unfortunately, yeah. Look, there's no... You can't can't cut... It's kind heartless. No, it, it is a little bit, yeah. So if you're homeless and you're down, you're luck through whatever, whatever happened to you. I'll stop feeding them. Uh, you could end up making it worse where, unfortunately, you, you get hungry or you need drugs or you need drink. Or, I am not, again, I'm not lambasting everybody with the same brush. Um, you'll just end up, whoever, you could just end up stealing to get exactly what you need. All right, but stay there, stay there for a second. Let me just go to John as well. John, you're yeah, in Ireland's yeah. classic kids. How are you doing, John? How are you doing? John, well, you are annoyed that I called somebody a sc- I was referring to the guys on the motorbikes at the funeral as being scumbags and you were pissed off with that, were you? Your phone is very muffled, John. Very difficult yeah, to hear what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just annoyed at the way you were talking about saying, saying scumbags are like 
committing crime and all that stuff. Well, you are, well, if you are committing crimes, you are a scumbag. I'm not committing crime. No, I'm, I'm not talking I'm about you. I'm not talking I'm about you, John. And I'm on a methadone program the last 15 years. Now, I have a lot of things going for me. And I just don't feel right that you're, like, I mean... I, yeah, but I didn't call you a scumbag, John, did I? Sorry? I'm talking about people who are on motorbikes at a funeral, taunting the Garda Shia and driving around like lunatics. I call them scumbags. Right, no, I just... Well, and they I are mean, scumbags. Yeah, we're the people Sorry? who were doing it. They are scumbags? Yeah, those people yeah. are. The ones, right. that, the ones I was referring to. I didn't refer to everybody as a scumbag. Oh, no, look, I, I'm just... Look, in that way, I, I mean... I, I'm an addict. I just want to put that out there. And I'm an ex-addict. And, I mean, I used to be on her- heroin and I'm on methadone now along and I'm very stable. Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, I don't commit crime. So, I mean... Well, then I'm not talking about you. <laughs> well, you kind of were. No. Uh, how do you figure that out? Because you're, you're talking about uh, you're talking about people that are on drugs. I didn't also. say people on drugs were scumbags. No, I'm talking about you. You are saying pe- about no, people on drugs that are committing crime. Yes. But uh, I mean, I was on drugs and I wasn't committing crime. Well, then you're not a scumbag. I know, I know, I'm not a scumbag. Yeah, well, well, why, why do you, I don't know? I don't. I don't get the point you're making. If somebody, if somebody is on drugs and they beat up an old lady to take her purse to get money for drugs, they're a scumbag. But that's, yeah, that, yeah, but that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, People well, who like, commit crimes. It sounded like you were referring to everybody that was on drugs. At what point did I say that? Well, I don't I, think anybody else took that from what I said. But anyway, John, getting back to your situation, uh, did you ever find yourself homeless, John? No. Okay. And no. and through how long were you on heroin for? What what age did you start? I, was on, I started heroin when I was eighteen. Um, I, I ended up going on methadone program five years later. Okay. And were you were you working while you were on the heroin, or did you I manage was, to hold down a job? I was working, holding down a job, and I still am. Okay, that's good. So you're basically a functioning drug addict, essentially. You were. Sorry. You were a functioning drug addict yeah. at the time. Like I mean, that's what I'm saying. Not not everybody that is on drugs is uh, like bad. I never said they were. No, I'm just I'm just trying to say that. Oh yeah, no, I don't, no, I'm glad you're making that point because I would agree with you. Not everybody who's on drugs or has been addicted to heroin is a bad person. Mm. I was referring. Yeah. I was referring actually when I used the word scumbag. I was actually referring to the people on motorbikes over sorry, in Tala at that funeral sorry. there two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. Under, I didn't hear that part of it. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's, you don't have to apologize, John. Uh, so, John, I mean, you're on a methadone program now. What do you think of the comments by Owen Keegan about the tents in the city and people? Obviously, many people who live in tents do have issues with both drugs and alcohol. But yeah, what do you think yeah, of his comments? I, I, I know, I know one or two people that that are living in tents and they do have drug addiction problems. But, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're actually going to go out and rob. I mean, I know one of them that would not go out and steal from anybody. You know? he, he, I don't think he's referring just to the fact that they might be involved in crime. He believes it gives the city a, a perception of edginess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a, a perception of... Uh, edginess. Yeah, look, looking bad and Yeah, looking like bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, get, I get that, but I mean... What do you want them to do? I mean, the government's not helping, are they? Well, the government is paying a fortune in taxpayers' money to NGOs all over the country and different organisations to, you know, make uh, hostel <coughs> beds available. And there is hostel beds available. There's yeah, 100 to 150 well, nights. I, 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 I actually went into one of them hostels just, just to see a friend of mine. And they are disgusting. And all the things that 
you go in for it. I mean, you, you couldn't sleep with your runners taken off because it'd be stolen. Everything would be your, robbed yeah. on you. If, or your glasses. No, that's why anything. people mm. don't want to be in them, and that's why they're in the tent. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they feel a lot safer in the tent than going in there and getting harassed and punched and... So what's, what's the alternative, John? What's the alternative then, John? The alternative is the government has to get, get their arse in gear. But when you and, okay, and that's and I, I and I don't disagree with you because they're leaving it to NGOs to do it for them. But the, what's the when you have somebody say let's say you have a lad who's on drugs living in a tent, right? Okay, so he doesn't want to go into a hostel because he's afraid, and, and uh-huh. I get that, and I completely okay, okay. So yeah. so okay, so what do we do? Do you just give him a house? Or what what do you do? No, I'm not. I'm not saying you just give him a house. I'm saying. You, you need to support them in a different way. I mean, look, put it this way. There's another thing about it is people that are going on to drug treatment programs and they're going into uh, these places down the country to try and get off heroin and whatever, tablets or whatever they're on, right? Yeah? There's no aftercare when they come out. So when they come out, they end up back on drugs. So it's a complete waste of time because the government haven't set up the thing about aftercare. There's no aftercare system set up for it. And that is a fact that is needed. But a lot of people will complain, John, as well, that we just replaced heroin with methadone. Yeah, the, the methadone program, and I know you're on methadone, I understand yeah, that. But look, we... I understand what you're saying there. Now, look, it is a substitute, right? Yeah. I understand that, and I, just I believe cheaper. that myself. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, would you rather somebody on heroin sitting in the street smoking, smoking the stuff or injecting it or somebody that's after taking a methadone and walking down the street looking normal. What would you prefer? Well, I, I don't know whether people always look normal when they're on methadone programs. It, it depends well, I mean, on the person, do. doesn't it? They don't. I, I do, and I know a lot of people, everyone that I see looks perfectly normal mm. when they take the methadone properly, you know? Right, okay. It, it's just... <laughs> like, I mean, well, it, well it, is, it is kind of replacing one addiction with another, although you're, you're saying it's better. It's a bit of a Hobson's choice, isn't it? Well, look, it's not better because, I mean, her, uh, methadone is the, is the worst thing to get off. I mean, if you were trying to get off heroin, uh, if I had a choice, I'd go back on heroin and try and get off. Well, I hope, the well, well, I hope you don't, John. No, 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 I wouldn't. I'm yeah, just no, saying, you, for instance... I used to live in Bally. I, I lived in Bally for, for about three, four years, and I'm not putting the area down in the slightest. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I'm not, right? Okay. And a lot of guys and girls, it didn't matter, you know, obviously middle-aged, younger, and a lot of the times what they're doing was they got the methadone, and they actually sold that yeah. for heroin or cocaine or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, you Importantly, see, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that, that, that's just... Sometimes the area they're in, or whatever. Yeah. Oh no, 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 I'm not putting them body firm. There's a lot. No, of I'm not like saying that. that either. You know, I'm, I'm just saying like sometimes you get kind of pissed off with it. You know what I mean? Um, so why, why, where do you see yourself, John? If you know, I mean, so can I ask you how old you are, John? Could, how, how old are you, John? Been trying to probably trying to be in a uh, a place where you can get off. You know, get off drugs, mm. and they end up coming out. And going back on the, they end up going back on the methadone, which when they're after being after getting off the methadone, and then they go out and they end up back on it, and they end up selling it because they want to do drugs because there's no aftercare. John, can I ask you how old? Can I ask you how old you're? Yeah. How old uh, are you? Forty-one. Okay, and where do you see yourself in? I don't know. Ten years time. 
in 10 years' time, I see myself living in another house with, with my daughter and my son. Do you see yourself still on methadone? No. Okay. I'm actually trying to get off at the moment. So, and how do you do that? This reduce the level all the time, is it? I reduce the level and also I have found a place that I can go to and get off the methadone and get off uh, tablets mm. which I'm, I'm prescribed for, you know. Okay. It, it's, it's, just a, it's just a rough thing to do. I wish you well doing that, John, and I hope you do well. But I, I'm sorry that you uh, obviously missed what I said earlier on. I was referring, when I referred to scumbags, by the way, I was talking about people committing crimes, uh, particularly at that funeral. We were talking about people doing wheelies up and down the street on motorbikes. Anyway, that was a completely different issue. But anyway, uh, because it was something Frank raised before the break. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.